SMVP, welcome to episode 141. I'm Holden Kushner alongside 444.com's director of DFS, TJ Hernandez Esquire, the first. Hello, TJ. <laughs> Before we get going, what's going on with this music? Who is this? Well, I mean, I think in in honor of, of Russell Wilson and Sunday Night Football, I had to throw a little shout out to his wife, Sierra, featuring Missy Elliott. Her classic single one-two step from her 2004 album, Goodies. Uh, you could find that intro along with all of the other intros to the DFS MVP podcast on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Go to Spotify, search DFS MVP. You'll find that fantastic playlist there with all of our other intro songs. Or just look for it on my Twitter whenever I tweet out the link to the pod. I often remember to tweet out the link to the playlist before we get into everything today. Underdog Fantasy released an all-new format for their snake drafts. It's called Battle Royale. I've been playing it a ton. These are one-week snake drafts where you not only play against teams in your draft, but you play against other leagues as well for a tournament-style structure. Search Underdog Fantasy in the App Store or go to underdogfantasy.com. Use code 444. That's the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, to let them know that we sent you there. Very good. Let's look at week eight value plays. And we got a great, great game theory segment as well. Yeah, it should be a fun one. Yeah. Um, I was not aware of the battle in the social media world about predicting big games <laughs> the, from running backs. It wasn't too much of a battle, it just it got me on my heels and got me TJ, thinking a little bit. I'm trying I'm trying to build this up, okay? <laughs> this absolute People just going nuclear <laughs> because TJ said something about running backs and exploiting ownership. And that's what we're going to do today. Yeah. And it's probably going to burn the industry down. So I'm looking forward to that. Anything you'd like to get to before we get into our week uh, eight value plays here? Uh, well, if anybody hasn't signed up for four for four yet, at the beginning of October, we dropped our price down to $74.99. Uh, that's down from $99. But if you listen to this podcast and you use the promo code DFSMVP, you'll get an additional 25% off the already discounted price. That, of course, gets you access to the Discord channel along with access to the full site. Discord has been uh, fantastic. Every week I do um, uh, ask me anything called the AMA. Uh, that's what the kids call it. And it actually serves kind of as a, uh, it serves as an update, updated version, uh, a Saturday afternoon version of this podcast, um, just to premium, um, content, uh, subscribers. So, uh, everything we talk about here, I kind of expand on and, uh, it's more of a free flowing talk with where I'm answering questions. So, um, I, th I think that's been worth it for a lot of people though. The discord's really fun. Okay. The, uh, greatest controversy in the history of DFS still to come in our theory segment <laughs> before we get into the value plays here in week eight. Again, sign up, promo code DFSMVP, 25% off the already discounted price. Get access to our Discord channel with the sub. Talking to another buddy of mine, he's like, man, I'm great on DraftKings, but I'm bad on FanDuel. I'm like, you've had yeah. eight weeks. Just sign up already. 
Just do yeah, it. Man. Here, here, DFS MVP. Yeah. What you're doing is wrong. Just I, I think it pays it. off pretty damn quick. Just try it. So at quarterback, you and I got the same guy here. I think yep. both the next guy I'm going to have to hold my nose, but Ryan Tannehill up here looking nice. 7,500 Fandle, 68 DK at Cincinnati. Great matchup. Guy throws two and a half touchdowns a game. He's got a great floor. And you know what? He's got a pretty good ceiling. He's, he's a legit, what, top eight quarterback this year? Yeah, I mean, the, and the only reason it's not like top four is because it's – it is the year of the quarterback. I mean, we have six or seven guys at this point that can put up on any week numbers that only Lamar was putting up last week. So it's a pretty crazy quarterback year and, and hard for a guy like Tannehill, we would think, to get into that um, conversation. But he's done it, man. He's, uh, like you said, uh, averaging almost three touchdowns per game. The The name of the game with, with quarterback is efficiency, and Ryan Tannehill has been um, – as efficient as any quarterback, especially in a fantasy sense. One one thing that I've been discussing here is fantasy points per pass attempt. He's top three in that category. Even if we eliminate rushing, we're just looking at passing totals there. Fantasy points per pass attempt. He trails only Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers in that category. Uh, the Titans projected for over 30 points, one of three teams uh, with a projected total over that number. Uh, the only other two are uh, the Packers and the Chiefs, who we'll definitely touch on at some point in this podcast. Uh, the Bengals, who the Titans are facing, rank bottom 10 in 4 for fours. schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed, not just to quarterbacks. They're one of two teams that rank bottom 10 against every single skill position, so that's a really good spot just for the offense as a whole for the Titans. Um, Cincinnati, they will push the pace with uh, they, their top in uh, neutral passing rate this year behind, or at least top on the main slate. Houston's top in the league. And then both of these offenses top 11 in football outsiders, neutral pace. So should definitely have a, a big back and forth one here. Um, as long as the wind permits, Holden, we have uh, some wind concerns this week. If, if I, I go to NFLweather.com, it's sometimes it's not perfectly accurate, but uh, it gives me all the teams and, and stadiums at once. So right now it shows possibility on Sunday, Green Bay, 25 miles per hour, Buffalo, 16 miles per hour, Cincinnati, this game we're talking about here, 14 miles per hour, Chicago, 21 miles per hour, Kansas City, 15 miles per hour. So that 15, if it's like consistent 15 or above, um, that's when fantasy production starts falling off a little bit. So Cincinnati projected right now or forecasted for 14 mile per hour wins. So if it stays around that 10 to 15 range, we should be okay. Yeah, I have a problem with four games this week being in the 20s. Yeah, it so, could get uh, again Harry. We're taping be... this Wednesday, and it can yeah. change. But there's like I use weather.gov. Not a lot of people. It's the government website. They really yeah. detail it and break it down. And for me, it just seems like they're very accurate. And right mm -hmm. now, they got it. It's been consistent for the last you know day or two. So yeah, there's a couple. Um, yeah, there's a couple Twitter follows. Um, I, I, I wish I had the handle in front of me. I forgot to write it down, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll retweet, definitely retweet him uh, close to the week. But there's a couple of guys that every Sunday morning, um, they're putting out some really accurate stuff that's just NFL weather. Cool. Uh, so we'll have some, um, I think we'll have some situations where, I mean, last week Sunday got crazy with Aaron Jones. This week, I think it'll be more of news um, on the weather that we're waiting for and, and scrambling for those lineup builds. What are you doing? With the weather then, do you completely fade passing games in those 
situations. Maybe there's a little place for leverage. Like guys with really yeah. strong arms, but I've seen Aaron Rodgers struggle win before. It just happens. Yeah, I mean, any anything above 15, it, it gets hairy. Like I mm-hmm. said, above 20, it gets really bad. So I think um, it probably depends on like what you're you're talking about in terms of fading it. Like if you are in a situation where like we have four or five elite cash game plays. Um, I think it's pretty easy to fade the wind on the flip side. If it looks like there's one game that's getting um, just a ton of people talking about to, to fade it, or you see like four or five really big DFS names saying that they're off of it. Um, and the wind is going to be maybe in the 20 miles per hour at the most, maybe not something like 30 or 40 miles per hour, then it might be actually a good spot to exploit the ownership a little bit. Um, it, obviously, if you're only playing single entry, that's a huge risk. But if you're playing like, even if you're only playing like 10 lineups, it, it might not be the worst idea to take an elite offense in like two of those lineups just because people are fading it because of the win. But um, it's it's definitely one of those fragile, uh, more art than science situations unless you have a report that like it's guaranteed going to be 30 miles per hour all game. Uh, there's, there's definitely chances you're losing upside, but you're right. Um, I think in cash games at, at the very least, it's uh, you could always make the case to fade, especially when we have so many good options. I here's the other guy that I'm holding my, my nose, but mm-hmm. I think it's legit. There's a third guy that you and I talked about beforehand, and that's going to be behind a premium content, but <laughs> yeah. you know, this guy's got to be in play. Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I, I I think ownership's gonna be so spread out like everywhere this week. Mm-hmm. And then we find out about the wind and I wonder if it just aggregates to a couple of games and maybe this is one of them. But if anybody's going up against Seattle, start them at 6,600 on FanDuel, 5,400 on DK. Yeah, I uh, Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Uh, there are a lot of really good quarterbacks up top. So I, I didn't want to talk about the, the Mahomes and the Wilsons and the Rodgers. Those are pretty obvious plays for everybody, I think. Um, but right now we have Jimmy Garoppolo as a, a top five, top four value on DraftKings, a top six value on FanDuel at, at that price you mentioned in a game. Uh, surprisingly, uh, San Francisco is only a three-point underdog. I, I, I thought the way Seattle had been playing, I guess losing their last game might be have play into it but uh that seems like a a pretty close line for how good seattle's been playing 54 points over under suggests a shootout and pretty much every week it has seemed like the game to stack has involved seattle regardless of who their opponent has been now granted those games have involved kyler murray and, and dak prescott and some really good other quarterbacks um jimmy garoppolo is not those guys but he has been fairly efficient for for as as mediocre as his raw fantasy numbers look again going back to that fantasy points per attempt he's top 12 in that efficiency metric so uh the niners aren't throwing a ton but they aren't throwing as little as the past niners teams they actually are in the top half of the league in neutral passing rate uh seattle has a bottom three pass rush if we look at something like adjusted sack uh, sack rate and then jimmy garoppolo if he has Guys, two guys that are probably going to be uh, very chalky pass catchers in George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk or Ayuk, um, however you say it. I'm, Ayuk, and he's a yak daddy. Ayuk, Ayuk and the yak daddy. Uh, so if he's going to have two chalk pass catchers and we're going to have a bunch of chalk on the Seattle side and we're going to have Jimmy G somewhere around 
five to eight percent ownership, then he seems like a pretty good play, uh, at least in tournaments. In cash games, it's going to depend a lot on this next topic we discuss on whether or not you're going to have to pay down. But uh, there could be a situation, especially on DraftKings, where salaries are generally tighter, where we end up scrambling for some salary and paying down at quarterback is, in a, especially in a good projectable spot, usually not the worst idea. Okay, running back. The Seattle situation is this. Carson is not looking good right now. Mm -hmm. Hyde has a hamstring. Mm -hmm. Could play. Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, Homer's got a knee. And then yep. there's DJ Dallas. And yep. then in Cincinnati, leaning toward Gio Bernard again. I yep. bet you got thoughts on this. Yeah, it's just, it's it's going. This is going to shift. Besides the win that we talked about, the entire landscape of the slate in terms of how we can build lineups who we can pay for what lineup construction is going to look like we saw what happened last week um with jamal williams and giovanni bernard or or joe mixon and aaron jones with those two running backs out pretty much everybody landed on a very similar lineup especially in cash games we had duplicate lineups everywhere we had two cheap running backs that were like 50%, 60% on, owned in double ups, everybody getting to Devonte if they wanted to, or getting up to Kamara if they wanted to. And we could have a similar situation this week. Um, I think the most likely way that we fall into that is obviously if Mixon is out, which he's not officially ruled out as of this recording Wednesday. So who knows, you know, thing, things change um, between Wednesday and Sundays players surprise play. And then Seattle, Chris Carson should be out, but they late today, late Wednesday afternoon, they called him a possible day uh, game day decision. Yeah. So that throws like a really big wrench in what we're thinking about because right now four for four has Carlos Hyde projected as a top running back value, but you mentioned he has the uh, hamstring issue. And then even if he's out, I don't know that DJ Dallas is just like a smash play. If Travis Homer is active, because we have seen Travis Homer get work in these spots before for Seattle. I mean, granted last year, it was like late splitting with a, an old Marshawn Lynch, but still it's not, I don't think he's a guy that you can just say, Oh, DJ Dallas is going to get 20 touches and, and, and Homer's only going to get five if Homer's active. So um, there's a lot of fluidity to this running back situation. And that's obviously going to have a, uh, a trickle down effect on where and how we could spend salary at other positions. So um, just know that we can't tell you with confidence that either of those situations are going to be ones that we play, but obviously if Mixon out is out, Geo's probably the top value um, on the board against that Tennessee defense that we talked about. And then the Seattle situation, I, I think it's either we, want Hyde to play and he's the guy or if he's out you you want homer to be out as well to be confident in dj dallas so that seattle one is i mean it it's it could go so many ways and if you know the, the wrong two guys play all of a sudden it just becomes a complete avoid you want to know which way it's gonna go it's gonna go russell wilson to DK Metcalf, Tyler yes. Lockett, uh, yes. whoever the I hell think else that is the way it goes. Wants to we, catch the pass. We've had we've had a few weeks of uh, we had we had about a, a month or five weeks of of DK and, and Tyler doing their things together, and then it's been back and forth, back and forth. Uh, yeah, this this could be just a, a, a the duo, the the double stack, the Russ DK Lockett all at the same time show. Everybody might go to this game depending on the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know might be the only only one uh they're looking like the one uh, left standing 
Yeah. 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 Left standing. Ironically, Seattle is going to be the place with good weather this week. Yep. Huh? Yep. Uh, Kareem Hunt, 8,200 FanDuel, 6,900 DK. Taking on the Oakland Raiders, who love to give up touchdowns. Let's see here. Six to seven games. And they've yeah. given up uh, multiple touchdowns in three. Yeah, and they're, like I, I talked about, the Titans being uh, one of the teams that ranks in the bottom ten and schedule adjusted points to every position. The only other one is the Raiders, and they have an especially bad ranking against running backs, like you mentioned, with all, with all of that uh, – uh, scoring they've been giving up they rank 30th in schedule adjusted points to the position this is expected to be a shootout uh the browns are favored by two in a game with a over under just under 54 kareem hunt with his salary and with other guys like henry and Kamara priced up really high and then the other value guys not knowing where they're going to fall kareem hunt is our our top value um on both sides he's seen at least 21 touches in two of his last three games. He saw 95% of the backfield work last week. Uh, and this is one of the best offensive line matchups. The uh, Browns are top five in uh, adjusted line yards, according to Football Outsiders. Oakland, uh, I'm sorry, Las Vegas, um, bottom 10 in uh, adjusted line yards on defense. And this is, I mean... This game has a high over-under, but if that win gets really whipping in, in Cleveland, then it just could be both running backs or a lot of both running backs because even though Derek Carr has been playing well throwing the deep ball, I don't know if they're going to want him ripping it through 30-mile-per-hour wins and then Baker is Baker. Um, so, I mean, if if for some – I mean, this isn't a, a betting show, but – if for some crazy reason, reason this line or at least this over under stays above 50 and the wind is like high, um, probably a good spot to look at the under, huh? Yes, probably a good spot to, you know what I did earlier today and I put like a 10th of a unit on it, but yeah, it's such a nutty bet. I just threw unders on all four games with uh, yeah. 20 plus mile an hour. Ones. At least now, right before, before the lines adjust, if we get news closer that it's going to be, oh really yeah, it's going to tank. Yeah. There, you know what? There might have been one of those games that I left out just because the total was so low already. Mm -hmm. But yeah. yeah, I was doing a show earlier today and we were talking about it. I said, you know what, man? If we're talking about this wind, might as well just bet on it because yeah, the games but I mean, never hit the totals. Yeah, but I mean, th that definitely has DFS implications, right? If, yes, if, that's if the if whole the, part. That's why you brought right. it up. It has tons right. of DFS exactly. implications, yeah. which is yeah. you know kind of why I joked. But I, it could be like in cash, everybody just might just throw. We might be, have stacks. In cash from this game, <laughs> yeah, for sure. What's two? They don't have there's this. there's there's a lot of value. Uh, hey, is the um, just for tomorrow's game because people will be listening to this, uh, after that anyways. But just out of curiosity, that game is is that in Atlanta or is that in Charlotte? That's in, that's in, in Carolina. Oh, so that could be another one. That's going to be a disaster. They got yeah. a tropical storm warning. Yep. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> Wonderful. This so if you're playing the if you're playing the Thursday to Monday slate, listening to this, um, don't worry about that one too much. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. Don't All worry right. about it. I don't know, man. That's that is really interesting with the mm -hmm. with that weather there. Okay. Uh, the other play that you had brought up at running back, you want to bring up is Daryl Henderson, sixty one hundred mm -hmm. Fanduel, fifty nine hundred DK at Miami. Yeah, this this isn't one that I love and, and not usually one that would make it on this podcast. But with the 
situations that we talked about in Seattle and, and Cincinnati and, and so much uh, uncertainty there, we again, we could get in a situation where all of a sudden we just don't know where our, our value is coming from. Um, there, like I said, like I, I brought up Jimmy Garoppolo because the top guys at quarterback are, are these high-priced guys. Uh, but you obviously can't pay up for like the top three running backs, so you're gonna have to save salary somewhere. So Henderson is is an interesting pay down play. He's not gonna. I don't think he's going to be at the top of of many value reports you look at, whether it's four for four or elsewhere. But LA uh, is favored by four against a Miami team that's bottom ten in schedule adjusted points allowed to running backs. Uh, Daryl Henderson has seen roughly two-thirds of backfield touches in back-to-back weeks. The Rams are top 10 in rushing rate in neutral game script. And I do think that Daryl Henderson actually has a lot of ceiling potential in this game because we do have Tua making his first start. And the range of outcomes for a quarterback like that or any rookie quarterback making his first start, especially against an Aaron Donald defense, um, is huge and there's a lot of downside to that and in those situations that's obviously theme of the show later today really good game script for daryl henderson so if it does play out to where aaron donald's wrecking to his debut uh then the rams could be in a very positive running game script miami uh even if it doesn't fall that way miami is their front is better at rushing than they are at stopping the run. Uh, they're top three in pressure rate, according to Sports Info Solutions, but they're dead last in positive run rate allowed, where Henderson actually leads the league percentage of runs that uh, are positive. And Henderson's also third in the league in rushes inside the 10, so he has that touchdown upside as well. So if you end up scrambling or you want to be a little bit different or all of these values suddenly disappear Saturday night or early Sunday morning, uh, have Henderson in your back pocket. So Miami's top three in pressure rate. Mm-hmm. Surprising, huh? Mm. Well, n- literally nobody has talked about Tua that I have heard. Mm-hmm. And if there's a big pressure rate there, maybe you can run a whole bunch. But yeah, we'll see. Have you thought about Tua this week? Not even once. Okay, good. I think I just did for the <laughs> second time. Devontae Adams at wide receiver. He went bananas last week. I don't, I don't know if he's the best wide receiver in the NFL, but he's damn good, and he's, the argument could probably be made at this point. He has turned into Michael Thomas from last year, and he's 9,100 on FanDuel. He's 8,800 on DraftKings. He's got Minnesota. I was kind of looking at the other side because Thielen loves to – Thielen might just eat them alive this week too, but gosh, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams and Cash. It's almost it's – like, it's, it's like your number one running back. You just lock him in. Yeah, this this game is um, very very stackable. Um, again, the at least on NFLweather.com, the highest win prediction right now is Green Bay. Uh, so that can throw a wrench in everything. But you're not going to be able to match Adams' volume uh, in the three full games that he's played. Over 14 targets per game. At least 32% of Green Bay's target share in all three of those games. Minnesota ranks bottom five in schedule adjusted points allowed to opposing wide receivers. And Cam Dantzler has been um, everything that not good is at cornerback. Uh, <laughs> he's targeted at the fifth highest rate uh, among cornerbacks that are starting this week. Uh, he's bottom 10 in fantasy points per target allowed. And he's a big reason that Minnesota's defense as a whole 
has allowed the fourth most fantasy points per pass attempt, the second most on the main slate behind only the Saints, but we don't have to worry about targeting the Saints this week because they're playing the Bears, and the Bears don't know how to play football. The Bears don't know how to play football. Right. The worst at five least on one at least on one at least on one side of the ball they don't. Worst five and one team I ever seen, <laughs> offensively. Yeah, it's pretty rough. AJ Brown, super stud. If we like Tannehill, why not Brown? Seventy five hundred Fanduel, sixty nine hundred DraftKings. Taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, which this is my juiciest game of the week. Yeah, one reason um, we like receivers is is tying them to efficient quarterbacks. And like you said, if if we like the efficient quarterback. Tannehill, we should like his main pass catcher, A.J. Brown, who's getting eight targets per game. Uh, since he's returned, he's seen a 25% target share. He has seen 33% of team air yards when active. That's a top 15 number in the league that air yards represents um, not just upside, but how valuable someone's targets are. So we like to see that number. Uh, if it's above 30%, that's that's towards elite status. That's, that's roughly the same number as, as Devontae Adams, who we just mentioned right now. Uh, at Cincinnati, uh, bottom 10 in schedule adjusted points allowed. Two wide receivers, A.J. Brown, getting a ton of high-value targets uh, near the end zone. Four targets in his last uh, – four touchdowns in his last three games, and a lot of that has to do with getting targets near the goal line. So, you know, I was just looking at the the last guy here, and you and I both have him. So I wonder if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Is he going to be more popular than I thought? Brandon Ayuk, I guess he's going to be popular because he's in the Seattle-San Francisco game. Yeah, yeah. The thing I like about him, he's got two games where he's ran for at least 30 yards. He's the, the, he's yep. the yak daddy. Him and, uh, him and Debo Samuel. And Samuel's not in. And this guy ran the most routes on the Niners last two weeks. And that's probably why you like him at 5,900 Fanduel, 5,800 DK. Yeah, I like him for... The reasons you just said, we we have that exploitable Seattle defense. Um, yeah, he's not going to be a, a contrarian turn, tournament play by any means. I think we have him projected for 15 to 20% ownership, wow. uh, which is pretty high for um, a wide receiver. Anything double digit is, is high. Anything above 15% is really high. Uh, so he'll be, he'll be in the top six or seven most popular wide receivers this week. But I mean, he opens up a ton of salary um, in an offense that really doesn't have a ton of weapons outside of, of him and Kittle with, uh, with Debo out. Uh, those three are the only three players that have cracked a 20% target share in any game. And in addition to Ayuk's uh, ability or, or usage in the running game, he saw 28% of targets last week. The last time Debo was out, which was three or four weeks ago, uh, Ayuk saw 23% of the target. So he's he's going to be number two uh, behind Kittle in this passing game. And in a spot where, obviously, I mentioned Garoppolo, we think that San Francisco should attack Seattle through there. Tight end. See, what is this? Since you and I are on the same guys, this just means the guys are going to be super chalk? It means that the um, the wind is going to blow harder than we could imagine, and all of this is going to be irrelevant. Okay. <laughs> but Darren Waller at the Cleveland Browns. I mean, yeah. he's getting the most targets in the world. So 9.3 per game, That's that's a lot. It's a lot for any position, and it's especially a lot for a tight end. And it's even more or at least more valuable when you can relate Darren Waller's price, who is 
the most voluminous tight end in the league to the price of the other elite tight ends. Uh, we have Darren Waller down at 6,800 on FanDuel. You could compare that to 77 and 79 for Kittle and Kelsey, respectively. And then we look at Roller down at 56 on DraftKings. Compare that to 7K for Kittle, 66 for Kelsey. So you see we're getting a really big discount on a tight end that leads all tight ends in target share. That is fifth among all players in target share and gets a Cleveland defense that ranks 27th in schedule adjusted points allowed to opposing tight ends. Uh, here, you and I can disagree on this one then. Harrison Bryant, 5,000 FanDuel, 3,200 DraftKings against the Raiders. I kind of feel like the it, it was nice that he got a lot of looks last week, and I cannot stand Njoku, but I feel like Njoku could have the same game that Bryant had, and Bryant just completely gets forgotten. Yeah, I mean, that that is fair. Um, they're, again, talking about those running backs uh, that – could be values that disappear overnight. I I wanted to mention a way to save a lot of salary in a in a week where, besides Ayuk, I don't think there is like an obvious slam dunk value really at any position. So, uh, paying down at tight end is always a viable strategy. And at the very least, we have evidence that the Browns naming Harrison Bryant the starter very late, like Sunday morning. They didn't say it. Uh, it was official until then he ended up with 78% of the snaps. So they, they stuck to their word there and Odell Beckham's out now. So there's no telling how that, um, that situation could play out. I mean, it, it's, we've seen it time and time again, a, a, a stud receiver like Odell being out. It doesn't mean the wide receiver too automatically gets all those targets. It's not like running back where next guy up just observes that whole workload. Um, it could get spread out. Harrison Bryant could all of a sudden become the favorite target. Jarvis Landry hasn't been seeing the volume that we're used to from Jarvis Landry. And we've been talking about the wind in this game, the wind in this game, the wind in this game. Well, if they there is wind, it's not like they're not going to throw at all. But if they do throw, in all likelihood, it's going to be short passes, passes that aren't way outside or super deep passes that you can cut through the air and those are going to be short over the middle and a lot of times that means tight end or running back uh so i mean maybe it's a situation where harrison bryant and joku are just getting it all of the targets that uh, odell should have been getting because of that win situation so i i mean with the discount you're getting here um you're we've talked about it time and time again on this podcast it's yeah, sure, you have a scary floor, um, but that floor is baked into the salary, especially on, on DraftKings where it's it's always really, really hard to find value. Even if Harrison Bryant gets you two points, if he gets you up to that next stud player, whatever it is, uh, instead of you know um, a mid-tier tight end, you, you go down to Bryant, get another stud somewhere else, it oftentimes is worth it. And, I mean, we see in cash games, we see it in tournaments, you don't have to be perfect to have a really good dfs day and um at a position where there is a lot of variance and really after i mean the top three or four guys it's it's pretty wide open why not go with uh go with the highest variance position as the pay down spot Mm. defense uh you got the chiefs and the packers the packers are in a game with win how about we just play teams that have a pass run or that can stop the run in the wind yeah, I that. mean, I, I still want the so the, the the irony is that 
could be a very low scoring game um, in that situation, but it could mean not a lot of fantasy scoring for defense. We need those sacks and turnovers and we want opportunities for those. Uh, anytime you have a team that's favored by 19, I think you need to think about playing them in any fantasy spot that they're available, regardless of their price tag. The the chiefs are $5,000 on Fanduel, 4,500 on DraftKings, but they're playing the Jets. They're playing Sam Darnold, who has the third highest interception, fourth highest interception rate in the league. Uh, they're the worst pass blocking unit in the league, bottom in adjusted sack rate, uh, bottom two in schedule adjusted points allowed to opposing defenses. Uh, the Chiefs are top six against quarterbacks. So even if uh, or when Sam Darnold's forced to throw, the Chiefs have been very good at, at playing against passers. So, um, I mean, it's... It's the most smash spot a, a defense could get. 19 points is a crazy spread. And then we look at the Packers. Um, they're the second biggest favorite at 6.5. But even more intriguing is the offensive line versus defensive line matchup in favor of the Packers. Packers uh, top 7 in adjusted sack rate on defense. The Vikings are bottom 4 in adjusted sack rate on defense. But... Kirk Cousins, highest interception rate allowed in the league right now. So not only is he getting pressure when he's getting pressure, he's turning it over at a very high rate. So that's obviously something that we want for our defense. Great point on the maybe less turnovers mm-hmm. and sacks. I like that point. You know what else I love? Snake drafts. We all mm-hmm. love snake drafts and big prizes, but we don't all love the big entry fees or multi-week contests. So Underdog Fantasy just released an all-new format for their snake drafts. It's called Battle Royale. In Battle Royale, you draft a one-week team like you normally would, but instead of competing against the other teams, your specific draft, you compete with teams from other drafts. This way... They pull together the prizes so they can offer big tournament-style payouts while keeping the live snake draft format alive. If you think this is your week, you can draft the best team. You got to try Battle Royale. It offers the big upside of a normal snake draft. Cannot. They cannot do that in a normal snake. And they got prizes that used to only be attainable in season-long or salary cap tournaments. The first Battle Royale. Already up in the Underdog app and website. Five bucks to enter. $25,000 prize pool pays out 5000 to first place. Let's get into the theory segment here because TJ has to tell the backstory to this about predicting <laughs> running back big games and exploiting ownership. Apparently, I missed World War 12 on social medias. Well, I mean, I, so so basically last week I, I, I put out a tweet that said that uh, I don't remember what the exact number was. I think... 20 of the 25 games, uh, 100-yard rushing games from running backs this season had come from winners. Um, So just a reminder how important game script can be. And I started getting tweets that basically said, well, are they getting a lot of rushing yards because they won or did they win because they get a lot of rushing yards? And at first I thought people were just trolling me because I really thought we were way past like what – how football works and team teams run more when they're winning. And in today's game, they, the most efficient offenses are often going to win. And that's because of, of, of passing. And then I, I realized that a lot of these people were being serious. I got people like 
chicken or egg does this matter and i was like what the hell is going on i thought we were way past this i was just sending out like a little stat like hey don't for don't forget to take it game script into account um and then i got these things like if we can't predict it what does it matter and i was like what the hell what happened i thought like we've done i i guess it's kind of one of those like I, when you when you're so deep in it it's it's kind of hard to see through other people's eyes so it's fair i mean there's there's definitely people that there's always going to be people that are new to fantasy there's always going to be people that are new to dfs and and when we do this stuff every single day i you have to remember and, and i really try to do this i call it like not writing for twitter especially when it comes to, to content with like trying to impress our, our peers basically because there are a lot of people that haven't been doing this for a long time or that are new to this and the things that seem like elementary to us um might not be to the next guy so i was like all right let me stop getting irritated with these replies go back and run the numbers and and report on them so this one's going to be like kind of short and sweet but it is a, a crazy important concept and, and we'll throw some some data out that um might not be as obvious but i think this is a, a very important subject to cover for especially this year because um like in in the past few years we've seen and we talked we've talked about this almost every week we've seen that crazy high um owned and, and expensive running backs are the ones that uh, have been dominating, but we've lost the Saquons in the CMCs and Zeke isn't Zeke. And, and especially on DraftKings, we've seen a lot of contrarian running backs um, in winning tournament lineups and sometimes cheaper running backs than we're used to. So I, I figured let's just cover running back and talk about where these big games are come, come from. And I just, I just cut it to the cutoff as 100 yard games. Cause I mean, we, we can do 20 podcasts on the running back position alone. And we've done thousands and thousands of words on, on four for four um, on a lot of this topic that, that can go deeper and, and explain more concisely than I can explain in a 15 minute segment on running backs, go to the DFS strategy hub, look at the, uh, look at the playbook, look at the running back big games, and it'll dive really deep into some of this, but I, I figured we should just Touch on 100 yard games. Touch on where 100 yard games are coming from, and 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 explain how people, even like good DFS people, are still getting this wrong a little bit. All right. So last week we talked yeah. about predicting the ownership, yeah. right? Yeah. Of of, of both of, of websites. Yeah. But running back is pretty easy mm-hmm. to predict, right? It's very right. easy. Just yeah. hey, right here, and it works every time. Yeah. I mean, so we, if if you look at some of the past studies on four for four. Um, Running back is is the easiest to project because we know how game flow is going to impact uh, running back, and we also can, regardless, in, unless a team wins or loses by double digits, uh, the the high volume running backs are usually going to see like pretty close to what we expect um, their volume to be. So while quarterbacks, we can we can. Um, project like a, a smaller range of outcomes over the season we're we're probably going to project running back scoring a little bit more, more accurately because they actually touch the ball and and those touches are, are that volume correlates directly to fantasy points a little bit more than quarterback quarterback we want to fish efficiency a little bit more so again while quarterback has a tighter range of outcomes we're overall we're going to project running back a lot more accurately because of the game flow and because of their volume Okay, very good. So, why the confusion? Uh-huh. So, again, the 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 
data that I presented last week was that uh, basically just a, a very easy um, data point that said like something like 80% of the running back games this year uh, came of, of the 100 yard games for running backs this year came from winners. And I just wanted to point out that where these 100 yard backs are coming from. So first, like just let's make it clear that when teams are winning, they run more. If you're running more in good game script, you're going to have more 100 yard backs. So it's not 100 yard backs are causing winning games. It's winners are causing 100 yard backs. Let's just look at rushing rates. The over the last three plus years, so going back to the beginning of 2017, plus all of the data we have in 2020, uh, league wide rushing rate is 43%. When teams are winning, that overall number jumps up to 52%. When teams are winning by at least three, jumps up to 52.5%. When they're winning by at least seven, jumps up to just under 55%. When teams are winning in the fourth quarter, they run 67% of the time. So I, I don't think we need much more data than that to explain that teams are just running more and we know volume begets yardage um, that's coming when teams are winning. Where are these 100 yard backs coming from? Uh, so I stayed in that three year, three plus year range. Going back to the beginning of 2017, 76% of 100 yard rush uh, rushers came in wins. Now here's where we get into the interesting part, right? Obviously, because obviously teams that win aren't going to be favored 100% of the time. We know that. That's that's where the edge is going to come from. And that's where the good questions came from. Well, can we, how accurately can we predict this? So again, going back to the beginning of 2017, 57% of 100 yard backs came off favorites. 76% wins, but only 57% Favorite. So now we start seeing a gap. Okay, where are these 100-yard backs that are underdogs? Where are they coming from? Probably not surprising. If we look at teams that were underdogs by more than three points, so three and a half points or more, only 25% of 100-yard backs came from there. If we look at teams that were underdogs by at least seven points, only 13% of backs came from there. So that data basically says we can pretty confidently predict where our 100-yard backs are going to come from. And again, I'm just using 100-yard backs as, as a easy cutoff, but that's often going to translate into a big game, to a DFS winning game, to a player that you want to target in DFS. About 60% of the time, it's going to be the favorite and it's almost never going to be a big underdog. So at the very least, we can eliminate a huge chunk of the running back population that has a decent shot at 100-yard games. Most of the time, it's going to come from, at the very least, a favorite or a small underdog, three points or less. It's almost never going to come from an underdog of a touchdown or more. So that information at least lets us narrow it down. And then we know we want players that have high volume. So if a running back isn't a high volume back and he's a big underdog, we can almost always take him out of our tournament player pool. Just because he's not getting the yards. 
Yeah, just because he's not going to be in a in in a game flow that's going to permit him to have a really big game. Now, this isn't to say you should completely avoid underdogs, and and this is where I think we can um, start getting into how people are are misinterpreting this exact stat. Do you want to do that? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good idea. Um, <laughs> so, do you want to do that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For all sure. right. So teams yeah. are, are rushing more when they're winning, and usually the favorites are mm-hmm. producing the hundred yard game. Yep. So it's you know, never never big underdogs right. doing this, right? right. So right. why is it this reflected in DFS ownership? Because people aren't listening to you, or what? No, it's it's because people know most people know the first part of what we talked about that these big running back games are coming from the winners, right? But the, that last point that I made is that a, a fair chunk of them are coming from underdogs, just not big underdogs. So people are overvaluing favorites in terms of how often they roster them. Or at least if even if they're trying to look for contrarian plays, people have um, that first data point looking for the winners. Uh, just they're, they're not building enough variance or enough wide range of outcomes into their lineup building process. So I'm, I only looked at data from this year. Um, but it's, it's, I, I did a quick and dirty, like glance back at, at the other seasons and it looks like it's pretty close, but this year I, I looked at, um, all of the running backs that have there seven weeks that have had double digit ownership in the millionaire. Uh, so we've had 55 instances of that already. So about eight or nine um, per week, seven seven to nine per week. Um, we have of running backs with, with double-digit ownership, which is pretty high for any position. We can only have so much ownership. Um, 75% of those were favorites. So again, 75% is about the number of running backs that are coming off winning teams. But again, there are only... 57 or about 60% coming from favorites. So people are really overvaluing who the most popular backs are. Um, and then if we look at those 25% of backs that were in at least 10% of lineups, uh, only six were priced at 6,500 or above on DraftKings. So basically if an underdog um, ends up popular in a tournament, it's most likely because they are a cheap value. And that makes sense. But it leaves this gap because if 43% of 100-yard games are coming from underdogs and only 25% uh, of our underdogs are getting the double-digit ownership, then we have an opportunity there. We have an opportunity in this range um, uh, of running backs. So I was just writing some guys down that were in yeah. the exact situation. Mm-hmm. Dalvin, yep. Jacobs, yep. Gaskins, yep. maybe even Connor. And if um, you know, if you're playing DraftKings, maybe a little DeAndre Swift. But yeah. that's that's what it looks like. Right. Um and, and if you look over the course of a season, you just named what five or six guys. Every single week, you're going to have players in that range. These like mid-priced running backs that are on small underdogs that are still getting a decent amount of volume. James Robinson was a good example last week. He's he's been the the 
most he's seen the highest rate of touches in the league. He's seen a, a higher rate of of backfield touches than Derrick Henry. Um, he was in a pretty good spot against the Chargers, and he was like five percent owned or something like that. Uh, so the opportunity lies in these running backs that are small underdogs that are getting high volume. And it seems really simple, but the ownership data shows that these guys are being way undervalued or way underappreciated. If people are trying, people are trying to be contrarian, but they're still overvaluing a player. That's an underdog. So a player that, I mean, that's a favorite. I'm sorry. So a player that's a two point favorite, isn't that much better than a player that's in that same game. If they're both seen really high volume, that's the two point favorite. So, I mean, Let's, I mean, let's just go back to a guy we talked about earlier, Kareem Hunt, two-point favorite in super high-scoring game, 20-touch guy. He's probably going to be in 30% of, of lineups this week. Go to the other side, Josh Jacobs, two-point underdog. He is seeing about 20 touches per game, roughly similar price. He's probably going to be in 10% of lineups. And these leverage opportunities are happening every single week. And we're seeing it in ownership every single week. A guy like Josh Jacobs is coming in sub 10%. And he is the one, those Josh Jacobs of this week, they're the ones that make up that gap between the teams that are the underdogs that win the game, that produce the 100-yard running back. Hmm. I'm just I'm looking at Dalvin and I'm saying, boy, if there's 25 mile an hour wins there, they could try to run. But if they stack the box, but the best running back that you got right there, right? Low owned small dogs. Low owned small dog that sees high volume. It's like Dalvin it's a, Cook. Yeah, I mean, th- so the only worry about Cook is I saw a report like late after practice that said they they want to see how he practices to see if they're going to give him a full workload. Yeah. Um. So that's the only I like that's my concern about Dalvin right there. And then if they say that, like a guy coming off of an injury that like a Dalvin, he's almost always going to be a really good GPP play because people are just going to be trepidatious about starting a running back coming off of an injury. So you're going to get some built in um, depressed ownership on a player like that. Yeah, he said he practiced and what's his name? Uh, Who is it? Madison? Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Zimmer said uh, he's assuming he'll be ready. But yeah. it's a great point you bring up. You got to obviously check that because Madison could get some work again. Yeah. But uh, then Jacobs, Connor, Swift, and Gask is Gask. Can Gaskin be in that mix there? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, he's like outside of that that range that we talked about, where a, a big chunk of these these underdogs um, that are producing the hundred yard games from are slight underdogs, like the three point or less. It looks like the cutoff. So they're four point dogs right now, but still, um, I mean, it's not uh, like when we get up to that seven point underdog, that's where it, we really see a sharp decline in these 100 yard backs coming from, or these big game running backs coming from. Um, but I mean, it's not so much of a, he's not so much of an underdog that, that you're just going to completely avoid him. Like trying to predict exactly what the number is. We're never going to be able to do that. The point the, again, the point is we still see people overweighting favorites in terms of how popular they are. And, and again, a, a, a three-point favorite sh- shouldn't automatically make someone three times as owned as a running back with a similar volume, even in the same game. And we see it time and time again. 
That was a good lesson. I like that. Hope so. It's a good exercise to kind of start unearthing some players just from that. Yeah, I, I think I think it's pretty straightforward, and we always want to lay out um, the data before we just jump to a conclusion and, and tell people what to do. Um, so I know in these podcast segments sometimes it can uh, it can get messy explaining the numbers, but the the the, the conclusion, or if you see it written down, is it's it's pretty damn clear that where we can find the leverage is in those small underdogs. All right, buddy. Good stuff. Everybody go to 444.com and make sure you sign up with the promo code DFSMVP for 25% off if you haven't already done so. I mean, you love listening to the pod. You've been doing it maybe for years. Maybe you're new. Come on, support. Let's go. Support for DFSMVP comes from you. Yeah, and I would definitely pay attention to uh, my Twitter and 444 Twitter promos this week. That's all I'm going to say. Really? That's all I'm saying. Ooh. I like it. But that's kind of spooky now that we're here at Halloween. <laughs> Trick or treat, TJ. When's the last time you went out for Halloween? Oh, man. Um, college? I don't know. It's been a while, huh? Yeah, I don't I don't like the... Well, this year, it's all the bars are closed. But uh, as much of a drinker as I am, I don't like the drinking holidays. And Halloween definitely falls mm, into that category. St. Patrick's Day. You don't like the amateurs. No, 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 no. You're a bartender snob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've traditionally been on the other side of the bar on, on the Got Halloween it. days. Got it. All right, buddy. Why don't you sign us off? Yeah, uh, like you said, check out the uh, 4 for 4 um, sub with the promo code DFSMVP. That's only good for the DFS sub. Uh, if you want more of us, you can check me out on the Discord AMA every Saturday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. You can also check us out on Twitter. Holden is at Holden Radio. 4 for 4 is at 4 for 4 Football. I'm at TJ Hernandez. We will talk to you guys next week. Make the boys say hello cause they know I'm rocking the beat I know you heard about a lot of great MCs But they ain't got nothing on me Because I'm 5 for 2 I wanna dance with you And I'm sophisticated fun I eat filling me on and I'm nice and young Best believe I'm number one Fine.